Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy. We're glad folks are joining us today for yet another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. Today's episode, a special one, as we look back at the Oklahoma Youth Expo. The 2020 OYE will be remembered for a long, long time for what it accomplished, but also what was not done when it came to celebrating the young people from all 77 counties of the state of Oklahoma. 4-H and FFA members from across the state got their animals ready, brought them to state fairgrounds in Oklahoma City. Some of them were able to show, others were not because of an emergency declaration made by the city of Oklahoma City. As COVID-19 coronavirus arrived in Oklahoma City, forcing the end of the 2020 event. Joining us today here on the road to rural prosperity, president of the Oklahoma Youth Expo, Tyler Novell, and executive vice president, Cass Newell. Today's conversation being powered by Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma and to you. We'll be back with Tyler and Cass in just a few moments with today's Road to Rural Prosperity. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma, and their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. Welcome back to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Thank you for being with us today. Very special uh, road today as we wanted to kind of go back and review all the events that surrounded uh, a very different 2020 Oklahoma Youth Expo. With us today is uh, Expo uh, President Tyler Novell and Executive Vice President Cass Newell. Uh, folks, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for, having, for having us, Ron. Uh, let, let's, let's maybe back up even before the start of this year's OYE. I know even as we started the year, there was a lot of uh, rumbling about uh, this uh, coronavirus happening in China, early cases in the United States. So that was kind of the the preamble even before we got the the show kicked off yeah it was and i'll back up even further into uh, a year ago right now when we were dealing with the aftermath of the ped virus mm-hmm. being in the hogs at oye and we had our board meeting in june and uh, i went to the board and said i'm concerned after talking to Roy Lee and others i'm concerned that we may not have a hog show next spring if african swine fever hits and i said i'm going to go talk to our insurance agent and uh, try to buy a cancellation policy. So I go on the board's request, 
and get a quote for this insurance policy. And it was X, you know. And they said, hey, do you want to buy a policy for human disease or virus? If that happens and you don't have a show, do you want to buy that cancellation policy? And it was like three times X. So I take wow. it to the board. We talk about it. We're like, no, no, there's no way. You know, nobody ever even heard of coronavirus at this point mm-hmm. last June. So we didn't buy it. <laughs> but we did buy a policy in case we didn't have a show for African swine fever. Now, it probably wouldn't have paid because we had half our show anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like, man, what an omen. I mean, it just – I look back on that. But Wow. You know, we were leading up, and I'll, it never crossed my mind. It may have crossed Cass's, you know, until – Really, they started canceling events the week before the show that we may not have a show due to coronavirus. It never crossed my mind. We were so focused on the event, raising money, and our fundraising was you know, going as good as it could possibly go, especially given the economy and the price of oil, which is even worse now than it was then. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were excited, and I think it hit me first on that Wednesday, or no, the Monday before we started, whenever they were talking about maybe canceling the state basketball tournament and schools were talking about starting to close. I'm like, oh, my, are we going to get through this show? And Tim O'Toole started calling uh, the CEO of the Oklahoma State Fair and talking us through it. And uh, then we got Jennifer Callahan involved, who many people know, but is a partner at McAfee and Taft and has a background in the – show industry uh, and her husband gerald of course runs express ranches and uh, she was just yeah awesome during this thing mm-hmm. um, i guess somewhere all that houston canceled too yes and houston would have canceled on wednesday when we were having the uh ag met contest and it never crossed my mind i started getting texts about are you canceling houston's canceling i ran into the office and pulled up the press conference and just couldn't believe it and i picked up the phone and called dr chris skaggs because i knew i couldn't get a hold of joel callie who runs mm-hmm. houston i call skaggs dr skaggs who many you'll know that are listening that works at texas a&m and i thought he'll know and he answered the phone and i said i know the rodeo's canceled i know the carnival's canceled everything's canceled are you still having a livestock show and he said i'm on the fairgrounds right now and i don't know the answer to that question he said i will let you know when i know i mean that's how quick this happened down there for them right and Within an hour, he texted me and said the whole thing's done. Mm-hmm. And then, literally, we started getting Facebook messages, emails, and calls serious from Texans saying, can we come show at OIE? And, of course, we said no. I mean, we, we couldn't do that. Right. And uh, we started getting a million questions, so we started putting together contingency plans about, you know, what happens if we have somebody break and test positive that's been at the fairgrounds, which to date we're, we know of no one. That, that tested positive and we're a couple of weeks out now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started uh, talking about how do we get people in and out? How do we ensure their safety? We start talking to health officials constantly. Blaine Arthur was another person that was essential in us getting as far as we did, that she was constantly mm-hmm. talking to the state health department. And, and we came to the conclusion, and you were there with us too, Ron, we're going to continue to have this show until a health expert in this state tells us it's not safe to be here anymore. And that's exactly what we did. Right. And yeah. everybody seemed to be on the same page on that. Uh, the state fairgrounds. Uh, yes. Uh, state of Oklahoma. Yes. Your, your, you know, your, your board. Yes. I mean, everybody was on the same page. I mean, at one point, uh, we got a call from somebody on the federal level. Uh, somebody in our camp did and said, you realize you are the only event of this size still going, not only in Oklahoma, but as far as we know, in the country. Wow. And we said, we knew but but we still feel it's safe. And the second that emergency declaration in Oklahoma County got issued, you know, we were we had to go because that's mm-hmm. what we said, and it didn't become safe. And, you know, that day, 
you know, and Cass may disagree, but to me, it feels like early May right now. It feels like a month ago that we started the show and the show got over. It was the longest five days, personally, for me of my life. Cass, what uh, what was going through your mind through all of this, you know, leading up really even to the start of the show? Yeah, um, I think that obviously, like he said, we all had the mindset that, you know, we are going to proceed as long as possible. And we were just determined to, to get through our show. Um, so uh, kind of like he said, just going day by day, you know, throughout the show, but definitely the longest days that we've ever experienced in our life. Um, if you Like he said, as we look back, uh, it feels like it's been not only months, but mm-hmm. like, like a year ago that we had that show. Um, but, you know, it was just a couple weeks ago. So so we, we there's a lot of things happened once, you know, even as you started to set up shop. And all the all the pieces were starting to you know go into place. There's so many things going on outside, macro hitting hitting you. Yeah, yeah, and you know we decided on Saturday morning when it casts of the show that we need to expedite and get out of mm-hmm. here as soon as possible. Um, we'd been in some communications with the mayor and uh, more communications with the governor, who was absolutely had our back and wanted us to continue. And the, not that the mayor didn't, but we just hadn't been speaking to him. And when we finally talked to him, you know, he was supportive of us continuing, but had concerns and said, you know, if if community spread, widespread community outbreak happens, you know, we're going to have to declare emergency. And um, so Saturday we said we got to expedite this because it's coming and clearly it's it's here now. And our volunteers and our committees were just awesome. They on a dime they shifted, and we had a schedule put together. I mean, Ron, you were in the office then. It was mass chaos, but right. we were all organized and doing what we needed to do to try to expedite the show. Yeah, all, and, all four species. You had them working the plan. Yeah, in in the same room, and everybody hustling and trying to make it happen. And uh, that was Saturday. And Saturday night, we we have a plan. We release it. We're excited. We think we've got an exit plan. Like we know. That if we can just get to Wednesday, we're out of here. Sunday went along really good. Had three rings of heifers. I mean, judges did a good job. They were expedient. Things were going great. And I was sitting in the office at about 5 o'clock, and we were going to start the scholarships for the heifer grand drive at 530. And my phone started going off about you walked in the office somebody else texted me and was like something's fixing to happen with oklahoma city mayor david holt and i hadn't heard from him tim o'toole the head of the state fair hadn't heard anything and that's the first first we heard positive in oklahoma county yeah yeah Yeah. and and he was going to make an announcement you know that night and then he had his press conference you know and uh, i remember tim o'toole called me and said we got to meet and they were walking in to show for supreme champion heifer and i went down there and i got jimmy and uh, we were pretty sure we were done mm-hmm. at that point. And we left, and we went over to Tim O'Toole's office across the fairgrounds, and uh, he had his lawyer on the phone. Jennifer was with us, and uh, we talked it through, and, and there was no way we could continue to go. And it was just uh, – it's a feeling I never want to experience again, you right. know, just when you know it's over. And so we drove back over, and uh, – Jimmy went down and announced, Jimmy Harrell went down and announced the Heifer Show that it was over. And I went in and started drafting comments with you and announced it in the Sheep Show. And, I mean, it from that that point on, that night's just kind of a blur. I mean, just all chaos broke out. You know, people mm-hmm. took care of themselves. I'm not saying that. But it's just it was like a scene out of a movie that you never want to relive. I mean, you know, just kids just crushed. You know, somebody called me and told me, 
it's the closest thing to mourning the death that, that a lot of them had experienced. You know, they've all mourned death, but you know, nobody died, but it was, it was pretty close to that. Right. Just the emotion and the feelings. I mean, I remember you, and then just fires start popping up and you're just trying to put them out all over the barns and try to get people out of there in an orderly manner. But I remember I had her, the hog barn was the one with the most animals and the most concern. Mm-hmm. And I had to run over there to get an announcement made. And as I'm running over there, about 30 minutes after, no, 15 minutes after we announced it. The part that really got me were the senior kids taking their pigs through the, to the show ring to show them one last time with their parents just crying. And, I mean, that really got me. Right. And uh, you're like, man, this is this is hard. And then, you know, you try to start – you don't even think about this. This never crossed my mind. It may have crossed the cast. But the second we announced we weren't having to show anymore, everybody that had a market animal there was asking, do you have a truck to buy our animals? Do you have a loadout? And, like, Joe Simpson with the Leech Cell Barn – stepped up big to help us out on the hogs and took a hit on those hogs so those kids that have a place to sell them and we had our goats and our sheep there and i mean you don't think about things like that never crossed our mind but man the second we announced it it crossed everybody else's mind and so we had to deal with that and what do you do with the guilt cell and you know how do you make sure people don't kill each other trying to get out the door and so but it 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 closed out just fine right you know what i was really proud of not that i thought this would happen but there was not one animal left behind on that fairgrounds. You know, everybody, every kid took their animal home or put it on the truck. Every animal was cared for. None were abandoned. And not that I thought that would happen, but it but you, it does cross your mind, hey, what are we going to do with these abandoned animals? That didn't happen. And I think yeah. it goes to show the level of uh, care and passion these kids have for their projects. And I guess maybe, you know, going back to a year ago, uh, after the uh, animal disease outbreak, I know that it was a kind of a wild scramble at the end with the hog barn, and I know some folks left some equipment behind and everything, to, you know, in, in their hurry to get out and worry about taking the disease with them. Absolutely. There was equipment everywhere last year, and this year that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. There, there was hardly anything left. I mean, people took what they brought, and nobody left anything behind, and like I said, left in a very calm orderly fashion Mm -hmm. so uh, but now you just kind of move on and pick up the pieces the best you can and feel awful for these kids yeah i know that uh one of the things that uh cast that really impressed me uh uh in talking to rose rose bonjour your your swine superintendent she uh she she kind of remarked you know particularly during the the hurry up part the hurry up phase of expediting things on saturday into sunday that uh, uh, there was just like an extra measure of grace everybody seemed to be giving one another. Yeah, definitely. Everyone uh, everyone was kind of on their toes, on edge. Uh, you know, n- like we said, day-to-day, hour-to-hour, yeah. Yeah. is it going to proceed? But uh, thankfully, everyone was very supportive of, uh, you know, the decisions we had to make uh, there post-show as well. We've received a lot of uh, positive feedback coming from people from not only within our state, but from all over the country. Okay. That's, that's right. Our board even commented they had never had so many thank yous from exhibitors and their families. And I know for us as a staff have experienced that. Right. Our committees and volunteers have told us that. So we appreciate how understanding and how supportive, our, for lack of a better word, our constituents, our exhibitors, our families, the ag teachers, the agents, how they were. We were in this together. And it was cool to get text messages from across the country saying, like, y'all hang in there. We're so proud of you. We wish our kids were in Oklahoma. And that meant a lot, yeah. especially since it's played out that, you know, we did do the right thing, that it was safe to be there and, mm-hmm. you know, what's transpired since. And, yeah. you know, when somebody texted me and said, you know, the world needs this, I need to look and see that there is some normal things going on in the world still while we were still yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah, really. And then when that ended, you know, I, I told the, the, the college kids that volunteer for us, we took them to dinner that night 
on Monday night, and I said, hey, you're going to go back out to it. You've been in a utopia. You've been isolated from all this, and you're going to go back out into a world that you're not going to recognize. And right. you need to be prepared for that, and you need to be safe, and you need to do what your parents tell you to do. But mm-hmm. we got in that little vacuum at the fairgrounds, and we really didn't know what, right. besides when we were communicating with health officials, we didn't know what was going on in the world, right. or what magnitude. Yeah. Of course, I was bouncing back and forth between our studios uh, over by the stockyards and uh, and and the fairgrounds and, and hearing everything else. And of course, we always are getting bombarded with every everything going on uh, from all the news sources we we try to you know garner and whatnot on a regular basis. So it was it was very real to me as far as how how crazy the world was getting, but yet there was that uh, bit of normalcy almost uh, on State Fair Park. I think if you'd have told all our exhibitors and their families that you'd put a dome around the fairgrounds and make no, sure nobody got it, but you had to stay there until the virus was finished, I think they'd all done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we'd still be there right now just happy as we could be Definitely. having letting somebody else judge the second round of shows. So. <laughs> Indeed. We've got Tyler Novell with us today, uh, Cass Newell. I'm Ron Hayes. And we're on the road to rural prosperity and talking about uh, the outcome of the 2020 Oklahoma Youth Expo. And we'll continue here in just a few moments. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. Welcome back to the Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Thank you for being with us today. Very special edition of our Road, our podcast series today as we've uh, stopped by the uh, offices of the Oklahoma Youth Expo. We've got uh, Cass Newell and uh, Tyler Norvell from uh, from the OIE staff. Cass, one of the things that I thought was so unique uh, and and we always hear things very very complimentary things from our judges year after year after year, but Boy, the uh, the judges at this year's Heifer Show on that Sunday afternoon, they realized what was going on, that, that there was some real, really some, some tough decisions being made. They just, boy, they praised everything going on in Hawaii. Yeah, they were incredibly supportive of us. It was actually kind of a unique uh, situation because they selected uh, the supreme purebred heifer and then right after that is when jimmy came in to make the announcement and you know kind of the tables had turned at that point uh but you know they talked about you know just how strong we will be you know next year as we come back together and that agriculture will never quit we have to continue every day no matter what indeed you know, and in the sheep barn here in the uh, the super barn, uh, I know you were over there, Tyler, and uh, the decision was made. They had just wrapped up with the purebred show yep. on the on the ewes, and the decision was made. They were going to actually show them Monday morning, 
Of course, that was, wasn't going to happen. Yep. So you made a decision to go Sunday night? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Fitch, our uh, superintendent of the Sheep Show, came to me and said, hey, can we show commercial use tonight? They're here. Their cards are in. I said, absolutely. We've got till midnight. Let's let's do that because that completed our breeding show. You yep. know, every kid got the show. And then he came to me and said, hey, we think we're going to be done in time to do showmanship. And I said, that's great. Then he came back and said, well, we think we can do one class. We're going to let all the seniors go out and show one more time. And uh, I wish we'd have got a little better video of it. I know there's some phone footage, but yeah. when those seniors came in and they played Thunderstruck and led their sheep around, it still gives me goosebumps to think about it. And everybody stood up and cheered. It was a special moment, for this, especially given the situation yeah. those kids will never forget. Yeah, so you know you were able, as you mentioned, to wrap up the uh, the the breeding show in, in its uh, in its entirety. Yes, we were, and that was a big that was a big deal. At least you you had some you know uh, closure there. I yeah. mean, looking back, I appreciated the number of breeding exhibitors that said, "Man, I wish the market show was first, so those market kids could have shown." You know, I can take my breeding animal and go show somewhere else. It'd have stunk if I wouldn't have got to. But those market kids, and you know, it's terminal show. It's the way it's been forever. You know, who yeah. knows and and. We'd have had two or th- would have had to have two or three weeks' notice, and if we'd have done that two or three weeks before the show, everybody had been like, "You're losing your mind." Now we'd have looked like profits at the end, but there was just no way to know, right? But right. It, but it meant a lot that a lot of those breeding kids understood how hard it is for the market kids that those animals were fed for that point in their life for that weight for that time, and yeah. now they're worthless. You know the Channel Four story they did the day after about those kids loading out their. Uh, their hogs and their sheep and their goats. I mean, I told people, you know, that's maybe a five hundred to twenty five hundred dollar show pig. That kid's getting twenty eight dollars for. I mean, it's just crushing. And one person on the governor's staff, when I was talking to them about it, he said, "Well, that's no difference different than a small business struggling right now." And I said, "That's exactly what it is." Mm-hmm. You know, and we did go in. I don't know if anything will come to it, but we did go in and fill out uh, SBA's hardship and. Uh, money that you've lost and, and nonprofits were allowed to fill out. And we went in there and filled out that, that we did have a loss that we, that these kids did. And if, you know, if something comes of that, you know, it'll be an opportunity for us to try to distribute more money to these market kids, yeah. but we had a huge loss. Yeah, indeed we did. Cass, let's talk a little bit about the numbers that we did have. Obviously we got in round numbers, about half of the animals that were going to be on the fairgrounds were able to show in the breeding, breeding classes. Yeah. We still had over 6,000 livestock being exhibited, even with just the breeding animals there. And we had around 3,500 exhibitors that were still able to show at this year's show. So literally half of what we were expecting to show up uh, this year for the 2020 OIE. I know what uh, we uh, we had already announced all of the scholarships uh, earlier, a few, about what two or three weeks before the start of OIE. So those had already been announced, and those will obviously be delivered to the kiddos. Yes, uh, we did announce those scholarship uh, recipients there previously, and we're planning to later in the fall or uh, summer or fall, whenever we're able uh, to have a little event for them to allow those sponsors to to interact with those exhibitors and those scholarship recipients so that um, they can see, you know, where their scholarship dollars are going to. Right. So that, that, that's most certainly means a lot to all those kids that were able to, to receive those scholarships. And that's a bunch too. Yes. I mean, what, oh, well over a hundred, I believe. Isn't it? Uh, of a scholarship recipients. Most, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, definitely over a hundred whenever you add in the breeding animals as well. 350,000. Yeah. So, so a, lot, a lot of money being invested back into the youth of Oklahoma without a doubt. 
obviously you've had to uh, to deal with uh, the the market animal side of things that didn't happen didn't have obviously the uh, the uh, sale of champions as a result but i know that you've had some 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 ways to try to deal with that as well yeah we we've got so many awesome sponsors that have our back and have these kids back and want to be a part of it you know we didn't have the premium sales so those people didn't spend the money they had budgeted for that but you know we couldn't figure out a good way to distribute it but several of them have come forward and offered money to help the seniors that maybe aren't going to be able to show next year because one thing we haven't mentioned is we did extend a hardship to all market exhibitors this year that were seniors they can show at oie next year right and that got a lot of positive feedback and i think those kids deserve the opportunity to show there um but but we also are putting out uh, an application for financial hardship scholarships and it'll be for seniors who have not already won a scholarship so if you won one of our academics you can't apply for this but we're going to give out one hundred thousand dollar scholarships to kids who have a 2.5 gpa or above and are going to c- continue their education and uh, we are going to distribute those uh, we're not going to keep those like we do our other scholarships that money will be distributed immediately so those young people can use that whether to pay feed bills off or to or to pay for the first semester of college because as you know ron we've always talked about this is a way for these young people to pay for their higher education or their mm-hmm. continuing education right. well, the seniors may have been planning on selling or making the sale or using that money to pay for their first year of college or the first right. year of career tech training and uh, skill training and all that and now they don't have it so we decided that we would uh, help those seniors out and, and try to set them on their way as they begin a new chapter of their life. And uh, the response from our sponsors has just been awesome. Right. Now, one positive thing, brand new event this year. It's at the front end, so you didn't have it touched at all. It was uh, ran, run, you know, run uh, exactly as you had planned it, the Ag Mechanics Contest. That's right. Before anything broke, we had the Ag Mechanics Contest finished up. We'll actually start our auction here in a couple of days on Big Iron and sell those top 30 items. Um, it was a huge success. Uh, Bray Haven on our staff has done an awesome job. Jerry Renshaw, our superintendent of that, has done an incredible job. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the buzz around it was awesome. I mean, I was just shocked at the number of people that kept coming over to check it out. And it's kind of funny because I don't – I jokingly say I'm mechanically declined instead of inclined. I can't <laughs> fix anything or do anything, especially growing up a farm kid. I, I'm, I'm terrible at it. But just to see – the number of people that were there and it's just like a livestock show they got classes you can kind of look at the projects and you can tell you know which ones may be a little better than the others and i mean it was really neat to watch and a lot of ag teachers came over and say now that i've seen it i know what i need to do we're going to be a part of this in the future and i mean the prizes we handed out were just awesome fifty thousand dollars worth of product new welders new air compressors i mean you name it we were giving it out so uh, i think i think every kid that participated went away with something so. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was awesome as far as how the uh, the response was. Uh, I know that the the comment from from Jerry, uh, your, your superintendent Jerry Winshaw, was that uh, you know what San Antonio twenty years ago started with sixty exhibitors and they're over a thousand now, and so he thinks that uh, we've got that same kind of potential, maybe yeah. quicker than that yeah, too. I agree with him. I think we'll have well over a hundred items next year, double double yeah. we had this year. So um, excited about that, and, and glad we got to finish that 
that off right know? and hopefully those items will sell well and if anybody's interested there's links on our website to find that on our facebook right yeah so that'll that'll be happening on, on bigiron.com yes. and that, that'll be a good opportunity for you to support those those young people and it was a different class of young people i mean you know you, you had some of the you know kind of overlap but there were a lot of kids that were there that had maybe never really been at oie as a participant that's right there were tons of them mm-hmm. hey there were two young men that came that told us it was the first time they'd been to Oklahoma City. So, you know, we forget about that. Yeah. You know, Tom Gillum always tells me, you know, it's still an honor to get to come to Oklahoma City and be a part of the Youth Expo, even though it's not like it was when he was a kid and that was the one trip to the city for the whole year. Yeah. But, but I mean, there's still kids that hadn't been up there and seen the fairgrounds or seen the big house or be a part of that. So that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me, too. Those, those kids that work on the ag mechanics, you know, they're awesome with their hands and building things. But – not often do they have to go sell what they've built. And just watching some of those young men and young ladies practice their spill to sell the product to the judges and all that, I mean, that made me as proud as anything that they're learning to sell mm-hmm. what they what they produce. That's or right. What they build. And like, as Bob Funk says, nothing happens till you make a sale. So, you know, they're going to have to learn how to sell, and they're learning those skills. So that was probably the most rewarding thing for me to see those young people having to step out of their comfort zones. One question, Tyler, that I know you know you you probably have wrestled with with your board and uh, and and looking at all this with with your sponsors and supporters. What what kind of shape does this type of a hit leave Oklahoma Youth Expo in? Yeah, we're still figuring that out. To be honest with you, um, you know, we put out this week uh, or last week we put out a form for ag teachers to fill out and county extension agents to ask for refunds on market animals only. You know. As we told them, we knew it's a lot of work to have to fill out a form, but it's the only way we knew how. We're not set up to return money, you know. We're set up to take money in and then hand it out to kids, not back to ag chapters. So, you know, uh, their patience has been great on that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many request that because, you know, it's hard times. You know, we, we, we wanted to give them an opportunity to, to put it back, but the more we pay out, you know, the more it's going to put us at risk for the future. But at the end of the day, it's their money and they're entitled to it. So, we're just going to have to see where the chips fall and how we end up. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, those chapters on the local level are going to struggle, too, to fundraise and have money. So we're all in this together, and we're just going to have to kind of live day by day and month by month. And we we know for sure we're going to have a show next year, though, and it will go on. It You know, it may not be what it's been in the past. It may be. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. We just don't know right now. Right, right. And I guess what, uh, you know, you've obviously you've got a lot of great supporters. You're, you're, we haven't really talked about the volunteers too yeah. much. Uh, you know, Cass, I know you, you work with a lot of these volunteers as well. They, they are so, so special, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think we have over 200 volunteers uh, between our superintendents for each species uh, all the way down to our OALE college students who are out moving traffic in. They had a miserable job this year. Not only was it expedited schedule, extreme circumstances, but the weather certainly didn't cooperate with them either. Uh, but all you know, all across the boards, our volunteers, we wouldn't be able to make it without them. Uh, they mean a lot to us, and we're certainly grateful for all the time and, and dedication that they give to these ag students. 
And I guess what uh, you know when you when you think about uh, the the efforts that they give that that is a real I mean that's a that's a tremendous in kind contribution isn't it It absolutely is and uh, it, it obviously interesting to me that they were heartbroken right there beside us you know the night we had to cancel and you know they're supporting us helping us clean up the pieces put yeah. it all back together and just move on Yeah yeah I know on, on the Monday when you were expediting all the all you know helping everybody get everything together and uh, pull out of uh, pull out of the state fairgrounds so many of your volunteers were still there yeah they were and it's amazing how many of them have called and said hey we're stuck at home if you need help we'll come down right now and help you do whatever you want and Mm -hmm. you know we were excited to potentially move into the new office this week you know the that was paid for by private donations Mm -hmm. and um but with the city shutting down we're not sure when we're going to be able to move in that new building but it's close yes it's oh it's (laughs) pretty much done but you got to get your inspections and finalize a few things so you know but you know what a way to close out the building we're in now and open a new chapter with what we just experienced you Uh know it's something we'll never forget but we're excited to to move to the fairgrounds and be out there and but if you go to the fairgrounds right now it's a ghost town they shut their offices there's no uh, events going on out there i mean it's basically on lockdown right and that, that's what a lot a lot of places are now obviously yes yeah i mean it's like o- oklahoma city when you drive through the city right now for those that aren't in the city and maybe listening to this i mean it it's like driving through oklahoma city on a sunday morning at 7 a.m uh-huh. i mean it's a ghost town very, very much and of course that's the same case in so many uh, of our cities all across america now yeah exactly so. it's it's just not here it's everywhere right so i guess uh we're, we're really some of these things uh, as far as your your plans for the future they're kind of on hold till we know what happens with this whole pandemic yeah exactly i mean we're still scheduled for next year and have paid our you know our down payment and rent i mean we're that's all still on for next year. But, right. you know, like, when do we have a scholarship event and banquet to recognize our folks? Do we have summer spectacular? You know, I, I'm I'm as intrigued about, you know, what Tulsa does on nominations, you know, coming up in a few months. Uh-huh. And do they delay that? Or do we, you know, what's the situation going to be at the state fairs next fall? Mm-hmm. You know, but one, one great point my wife made, and I want to give her credit for this. She said, if they don't have state fairs, that means our kids aren't going to be in school next fall. And I know. And I'm, and then I said, well, I know parents are going to go crazy enough, no matter what situation it is, they're going to send their kids somewhere next fall. So I, I do believe we're going to have state fairs after hearing that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously that that's probably a safer time of the year. You know, if, if everybody, you know, is agreement on uh, how typically a virus uh, does uh, does act anyway. So, yeah, we need warm weather. Yeah, really. And that, that's something we're all hoping for, for sure. Tyler. Cass, thank you so much for your time today. You. Anything else we, we've mentioned, missed, really, you think? About, I think we hit no, it all. I can think of. You know, any, any final word out, maybe to the exhibitors that uh, you, you've had a chance to interact with? I'd just say uh, to keep their heads up, keep working hard, and there'll be another one down the road. Yeah. You know, this, this, this really, really stunk what we went through. But you, but those exhibitors, because I have one at my house, you know, we learned some hard life lessons that sometimes life's not fair. But at least you had that time in the barn with your family. You know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. The mm-hmm. last year, even though we didn't get to show our bears at the end, I wouldn't right. trade it because we grew together. We 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 fought. We loved. You know, and and we cried. And you know, it. My child will learn more from this past two weeks than she might the rest of her experience in showing livestock. But then the day, I hope they know how hard we fought for them. And how bad we wanted to have this show uh-huh. and that the show will go on and we're going to give everything we've got to make it bigger and better that they have more opportunities to grow as a young person and get prepared for their careers and that the show will go on so 
Tyler Cass, thank you again for your time. And you've been listening to The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and oklahomafarmreport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies. <laughs>